We are so excited to welcome in Coach Larry Fedora. I'm, I'm someone who calls anyone coach, no matter if they're still coaching, was a coach. You just got to, you know, uh, apply that coach no matter where they are in the game. You have coached for more than 30 years and now you've you've hung it up. But um, I am so honored to have you here. My memory is as the North Carolina football Tar Heels head coach, but you've made a number of stops. We'll talk about all of them. And you just hung it up as the USFL New Orleans Breakers coach. And now you're spending lots of time with your family down there in Waco. Thank you for joining. We're so excited to get this scoop from you today um, and really glad to have you here. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk to you. Tell me, uh, you, like I said, have kind of said goodbye to coaching or are we just taking a little break? Like, where are we at now? Well, that's a good question. You know, uh, you, you know, you never say never. So, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely taking a break. That's for sure. You know, I'm getting to do things now that uh, I have never done in my entire life. And uh, I mean, from playing golf in the month of August, September, October, uh, hunting in the fall, I've uh, been, uh, we've traveled to, uh, you know, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We've, uh, we've gone to games across the country. So, we're uh, we're having a blast, but uh, it's been something that's I've never never got to experience. Isn't that so cool to just kind of be a, a fan, if you will, and just to get to do all of those things? I'm sure you never had a weekend. Was there a point that you had in your life where you knew you wanted to be a coach? I know you played. When did you know you wanted to do this career of yours? Yeah, I, I was a freshman in high school when I knew that I wanted to be a football coach. I knew I wanted to go as long as I could playing. And whenever that was over with, I wanted to coach football. I was very passionate about the game. I loved everything about it. I loved the grind of the offseason. I, lo I loved it all. And so I knew I wanted it to be a part of my life. Was there someone that inspired you or someone that you modeled your coaching career after once you got into it? Who kind of guided you, if you will? Yeah, I had a, I had a freshman football coach by the name of John Cook, who kind of was uh, very inspirational to me and, and – uh, was extremely hard on all of us as, as players. And, and, uh, but we, uh, we knew he loved us. We knew he cared about us and, and he had a huge impact on my life. And, and I knew back then when I was a freshman, I wanted to have that same kind of impact on young men's lives for as long as I possibly could. And, uh, you know, to try to grow people into, you know, good men, good husbands, good fathers, good uh, citizens, uh, you know, cause that's what it's all about. I like that. And so was his philosophy, did you model like your coaching philosophy or more of kind of your mentorship philosophy? Probably more the, men the mentorship philosophy. Uh, you know, I, I would say over the years, I mean, I, I just, you know, everybody that I ever coached with uh, and, and a lot of them that I coached against, I, I took things from all of them and, and, and learned and put my philosophy together and uh, became the coach who I was. Uh, probably uh, when I coached high school ball in the state of Texas, uh, the coach that I coached under, his name was Scott Smith, Scott at Garland High School. Scott probably had the biggest impact me on me as a coach and and how you coached. And, uh, you know, I've, I've always believed in coaching people hard and getting after them and demanding the most out of them. And, uh, you know, if you if you demand a lot, usually uh, they'll they'll rise to the occasion. Well, not to make this podcast all about me, but it is called Scoop Du Jour, so I will. 
Um, you know, I, I worked indirectly for you. I got to work for your running backs coaches. I say coaches because one of them got an NFL job, which he still has amazing. Still there, yeah. that was, right. Amazing. And I actually saw his commanders beat up on the bears. It wasn't a great game, but, um, that's Randy Jordan. And then later and, and one, of, and one of the captains on that team is, uh, Cole Holcomb from uh, UNC. <laughs> That team is full of Tar Heels, by the way. We've got Sam Howell, Deami Brown, too. Yeah. It's full of Tar Heels. So I'm like, you know, I was sitting there not a Bears fan. I'm like, am I a Washington fan? So Randy Jordan, I, I worked for at Carolina. And then you brought in Larry Porter when Coach Jordan went to Washington. Um, and I worked for him when I was at Carolina. So we say we indirectly worked for you, Coach. Um, and you're talking about your philosophy and I feel like being in your, that building, we felt that, right? Like as, as women in the building, we were there for recruiting help, but you felt like these guys really wanted to work so hard for you and they wanted to be part of your program. And you had this philosophy of smart, fast, physical. Was that something you came up with? I mean, was that something that was always part of your, your way? Where did that part come from? Yeah, that was, it was just something that started way back for me. You know, when you start putting a philosophy together and you start borrowing from all different people all over the place. And, and that was kind of just a, a quick three words that put it all together were smart, fast and physical. And, and uh, you know, one thing I'll say about Randy Jordan and Larry Porter, you know, those were two guys that were, you know, they were great coaches. They, they loved their players. Uh, they, they got the most out of their players uh, and those players knew they loved them. You know, and, and that was something that was very important to me is to have coaches that cared about kids. You know, as long as they cared about kids, they could coach them hard and the kids would respond. Is that part so hard when you get a new job to not only move your family, but then right away to compile a new staff? Yeah, the, you know, that's, you know, putting a staff together is probably the hardest part about college football. I mean, and, and maybe in any profession, but uh, especially in, in our profession where you try to build relationships in recruiting areas. And so those guys get ingrained to certain areas. And then if they leave and somebody else hires them, then you lose, you go, you go backwards in that recruiting area. So putting a staff together is so, so important, but you got to do it the right way. You got to hire the right guys. If you do that, you'll have a lot less headaches in the future. And it's changing so much. I mean, even every day now you have guys going places, obviously where they can get NIL deals and, I mean, the the whole game is evolving, but do you feel like it still has the the best pieces or, or parts of college football are what make it so special? Do you feel like the game still has that despite all the changes to the game? Yeah, because it's all it's still about the players and they're the ones that make it great, you know, and their stories and, and their backgrounds and where they come from and how they come together as a team. You know, and to see a group of guys, uh, you know, that that overcome adversity and come to love each other and have a bond that they'll have for the rest of their lives. That's, that's just a, it's an amazing feeling. How do you know for you when a coaching fit is the right fit? You've made a, a good amount of spots in, in these big places. And I think even when you were taking the UNC job, there were other places calling, right? How do you know yeah. when a place is right for you? Well, you know, I don't know if you ever really know. It's the same thing like uh, when you get married, you know. I mean, when you're when you're trying to make that decision, I don't know if you really know at that point, but uh, I'm 34 years into a marriage, so it, it worked out pretty good. Uh, but uh, even at that, I remember back when I was trying to make that decision, and I was like, God, is this right? You know, and so you pray about it, you know, and you, uh, you find out as much information as you possibly can, and then you make a decision, and you never look back. You never look back. 
I think you made a good decision with your marriage, though. 34 years is something pretty significant. And so take me through that. I mean, what's the secret? 34 years is a pretty big deal. Well, first of all, you know, people don't really realize this about college coaches, but I've been at like uh, 10 different universities. Okay. So, or nine, I believe. And so you usually get hired in the month of December. All right. So as soon as the season's over with, you got to go, you're gone to the next place and your wife and, and four kids stay there and your wife starts, you know, cleaning up the house and making it sellable and, and uh, finding uh, realtors and doing all the things that she's got to do and, and, and keep going to school with the kids, getting the kids to school and uh, selling the house. And then at the end of the school year, moving uh, to the new place. And at the same time, finding a house and finding the, the right school systems and, and the doctors and the pediatricians and all the different things that go into it. And so, you know, you got to have a very, very special person as, uh, as a coach's wife. And so I've been very lucky. My wife, Christy, uh, is, uh, is pretty special. I wouldn't have gotten to wherever, wherever I gotten without her. I promise you. There's so many aspects of coaching that people don't realize that being one of them, the moving it is a, a big deal and, and moving is, is no fun. And then you add in having to move probably across the country and like for you assembling a coaching staff. And like you said, you have four kids, all of those things. Um, back to your wife. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met in college actually. So uh, yeah, we were at a little small school and, and mm-hmm. uh, I played football there and she was a cheerleader and we, uh, we met in a psychology class, actually, you know, I was, uh, it, uh, we're getting ready to take an exam and, and, uh, I'm looking around in the class, seeing who's taking good notes, you know, and I see this girl over here and she looks like she's taking a lot of good notes. And so I asked her if she wanted to study for this exam and, and, uh, the rest is kind of history from there. That is such a good story. And did she help you? Did you do well on the exam? You remember? I, I, I made a better grade than she did actually. Stop it. <laughs> I bet you hold that over her. No, <laughs> I love no, no. that. She's not real happy about that, but, but, uh, but hey, it lasted some, something's working. That's amazing. Okay. And then your four kids, are they all spread out now that you're back in Texas? Like where is everyone? Yeah. So I have a, uh, a son who is 30 and he is in, uh, in, he's in Austin, Texas right now. And I have a daughter who's 27 and she's in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I've got a daughter who is uh, 25 and, uh, she's been 24 and she is in Austin, Texas. And then we have a daughter who's a junior in Tuscaloosa at uh, the University of Alabama. And she's the last one. Okay. The last one. So you have one still in college. So this is something I have always wondered. Like you said, you've been at nine schools and then you have four kids and then you, I mean, you have you, your school is smaller, but you had one go to Alabama. One of your daughters went to Texas. I had one go, so I had uh, one went to uh my son went to Southern Miss when I left there, and then oh, okay. the daughter went to University of Texas, and then the one daughter went to the University of North Carolina, and uh, and then the youngest is at, at Alabama. So on a Saturday, who are you rooting for? Well, you know, on, like now, I'm rooting for – I'm not rooting for anybody unless there's a coach <laughs> on that staff that I know, you know, and so that's been a fun part of it. But I will say this year, I was able to go to a game at Alabama with my daughter for like a parents weekend mm. deal. So the first time I've ever experienced that, you know, I mean, I got to go to you know her sorority and meet all of her friends um, and, and go to the tailgate, which was unbelievable. I'm like, no, no wonder people enjoy doing this. You right. know? And, and uh, I can't say that I love sitting in the stands watching the game, you know, but uh, but the rest of it was uh, spectacular. That's a that's a great stadium to watch a, a game at. I mean, in the SEC, I can't think of there's 
one place to me that compares to Alabama, like fan wise, and it's probably LSU. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've coached in Death Valley, never never been in the stands. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've coached there. I actually coached there uh, the year they won the national championship. We were the only team to beat them. So I was uh, pretty uh, pretty happy with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. I was in Florida yeah. at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up a huge Gator fan. So I love that part of your resume. To me, the swamp is iconic and it would have been biased to me to say that that's like the best place in the SEC. But do you, in all of college football, do you have a place that's just like the coolest place to coach or the coolest place to play? I, you know, I, I have, I have some really great memories of that game at Death Valley. I mean, the, yeah. the crowd there can, you know, can be unbelievable. Uh, you, you know, they're partying all day long to go to the game and they're, you know, they're having a good time. And so, uh, the, the, uh, it was extremely loud and it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, anytime you get out with a win, it makes it more fun. Oh yeah. Especially when it's that, that type of team. What about uh, a player for you? That's been like the, the coolest to coach or the best to coach or just someone who you're, I know you're proud of that. That's hard to say. There's been so many. I mean, really, you know, I mean, probably, uh, you know, probably the one of the funniest is Eric Ebron there at uh, at North Carolina. I mean, he was uh, he just there was never a dull moment with uh, Eric. You know, he was a great player, but he always had just he had such a tremendous uh, attitude about everything. And he was always so happy go lucky. But I mean, there, there I can I can name so many from A.J. Blue to Kevin Reddick to. Uh, Giovanni Bernard to uh, Mitch Trubisky to uh, Quinshot Davis to uh, Ryan Switzer to you know I mean it's just I can go on and on I mean uh, you know I love every one of those guys and and at every stop along the way I've, I've built a relationship with uh, guys that, that last a lifetime. And how cool that you've gotten to see so many of those guys succeed especially some some of them who you know maybe didn't have that amazing story in college or who didn't do all of these things or weren't the biggest, the strongest, whatever. And then they go on and they do amazing things, or even if they did. Um, yeah, I mean, just look at Mac Collins. Yeah. You know, Mac Collins was a walk-on at North Carolina, and now he's the captain of the captain. Ravens. I mean, uh, you know, so there, there's so many. And the, and the guys that are doing those things that aren't even in, the you know, in professional football. Right. But they're, have, you know, they're married, they have children, and they have great lives. And and you know that, that the university – uh, you know, did them, a, you know, a great benefit. They got so much from the university and they've become a better person because of it. So no matter where I coached, I uh, always felt like as long as those guys got their degree and, and, and it was a positive experience for them, it was going to be good for their lives. Well, I know you still have relationships with them. How do your relationships evolve from being their coach to maybe being somewhat of their, their friend or father figure once you're no longer their coach. I know some of them, you still have some text chains, maybe little FaceTimes here and there. How does that evolve? Oh, it's, you know, those, uh, those are the things that make your heart swell when they text you, you know, on father's day, or they, you know, they, they tell you about their child. They they'll text you about having a baby or, or that they're getting married and they invite you to their wedding. And, and, uh, I mean, I just, I just went, uh, last week, my wife and I went out to eat with, uh, uh, Jeff Schottmer and, uh, Caleb Presley. And Love so him. we were, they were in Dallas. And so we went out to eat with them and had a great night that night, you know, just uh, reminiscing and talking about, you know, just everything. And so it's so, you know, that's so rewarding to see that you did have an impact on young men's lives. And I know when you catch up with them, like you're, you're just talking about like fun stuff. Like that's, that's what's so cool. Like you're, you're, like you said, you're celebrating all of these big moments in their lives, which is 
so special and cool, like that you were part, you see people grow up, right? Like when we're in college, they're 18 year olds and now they're having kids or business ventures or getting married. Like that's such a big deal. That's really, yeah, it, it really is. And, and, and they're also telling you stories about things they did back in college that you had no idea about. And you're like, Oh my God, you know, but, like, uh, I, I didn't remember that. I thought that was a rule. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So were you pretty strict? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we had a lot of rules. Basically, it was just do what do what's right. You yeah. know, I mean that that's 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 the number one thing. Just do what's right. And and uh, but we did uh, we did discipline you if you didn't do things the right way. You know, if you made mistakes, we understood that you were going to make mistakes. That's part of growing as a as a young man into a grown man is that you do make mistakes. You learn from those mistakes. You face the consequences of those mistakes, and then you move on. You know, and so, yeah, we, we had consequences in, in everything that we did. And so uh, some people may say it was too hard. Some people may say it wasn't hard enough, but it was the way we did things. What about now with your, your free Saturdays, Fridays? You have some free time now. You mentioned you're hunting and you're golfing and you're just enjoying time with your family. What else are you, are you enjoying with this, is this free time you, you now have? Well, I'm uh, this uh, this Friday. We're taking off and uh, we're driving up to Stillwater, Oklahoma, to watch uh, University of Texas and Oklahoma State because I coached at both of those places. And That's so, right. I know guys on both the both those squads. And so, uh, you know, so we're we've done that. We kind of we're going to games that that fit into our schedule, and uh, we're just traveling and you know uh, spending time with friends. I mean, doing things that that mm-hmm. I have never had the time to do. You know, to actually go and just. Uh, maybe see some people that you haven't seen in a long time and, and uh, rekindle friendships that, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, faded away over the years as, as life got in the way. So I enjoy just, uh, you know, quiet evenings with my wife. I mean, because yeah. now that we're empty nesters, I mean, you know, for 38 years, uh, she was basically running the household and I was gone all the time. And so, you know, we're able to reconnect and it's been, uh, that's been a great experience. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm sure just even driving and, and spending time together, like you didn't have that before, right? She'd maybe see you after the game or late at night. Like there's yeah. so much that doesn't, people don't know all of these things that you're missing out on. And, and um, even when I, even when, even when I was with her at that time, I was, my mind was on, on recruits and uh, what needed to go into tomorrow's workouts, what, ha- mm-hmm. what, what you had to do for the next day, the next week, the next semester, you know, all those things. And so, and I don't have those worries right now. So it's uh, it's nice that I can focus on uh, my wife and kids now. Did something kind of click inside of you when you were ready to step away? Did you have this overall feeling or kind of readiness that it was time? Yeah, you know, you just you start looking around. And, and uh, you know, one thing I knew is is I was very passionate about the game and only knew about one way to go about it. And uh you know, that's uh, to work a lot of hours and, and put a lot of time and effort into it. And, you know, I didn't want to have a heart attack on the sideline. You know, I, I didn't want to die doing my job, you know. And so uh, I figured uh, 38 years of it, I'm, I'm 60 years old now. Uh, you know, you start thinking about, you know, when you get to be my age, you start thinking about how much longer do you have and, and uh, what do you want to do with that time? And, and uh you know, for all these years, the focus has been on on football and and other players. And so now, you know, for the remainder of this time, I think I, I, I kind of want to focus on in having fun and, 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 you know, focus on my wife and my kids. Absolutely. What kind of 
advice do you do you have for your kids, whether that be your kids or the kids that you you got to coach at all of your different stops? Is there kind of a piece of advice you always offer? Well, you know, everything, you know, you're going to, we all know that we're all going to have adversity in this life, no matter what it is. I mean, I, I mean, there's going to be good days, bad days. Uh, you're either in a problem right now, or you just got out of one, or guess what? One's coming around the corner, right? So, uh, you know, but you're going to overcome it. I, you know, that, that the best advice is, is just having some grit and determination about yourself. And you're going to overcome anything that happens in this world, anything. And you're going to be a better person because of it. But, uh, you know, I would say just dream, dream and go after your dreams and don't let anybody tell you you can't make it, you know, that you won't make it. You can do anything you want in this world. That's a real thing. That is a real thing. I mean, I was the son of a barber and I became a division one football coach because that was my dream and that was my goal, you know. And so you can you can do anything you want. I didn't say it would be easy, but you can do anything you want. That's pretty cool. And I think there's I, I always kind of live by this one too, like where you just need one person to take a chance on you. Did you have that one person who, you know, allowed you to be a GA or shadow them or kind of helped guide you in, in order to help you move up the ranks to eventually well, become a D1 football coach? I, I would say, you know, really, I mean, I, there's a lot, you know, it's that you can make that little story of, uh, you know, you, you go down the road and you see a, a turtle on a fence post, right? Well, he didn't get there by himself. Yeah. Somebody helped him get up there. Right. So, I mean, that there have been so many people along the way for me, you know, really. I mean, from the very first coach that hired me at Garland High School to uh, Grant Taff at Baylor that uh, that allowed me to come in as a GA when I was 30 years old uh, with a pregnant wife, you know, and, and you know, go on to uh, Fisher DeBerry, who hired me at the Air Force Academy, to Andy McCollum that gave me my first offensive coordinator's job at uh, Middle Tennessee State, and then Ron Zook, who hired me at the University of Florida to be his offensive coordinator. And, you know, and then it just took off from there and, and uh, to, to Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy. And then then I got a head job. So Richard Giannini and the AD at the University of Florida had a lot to do with me getting the head coaching job at Southern Miss. And then uh, from there, you know, to uh, to going to North Carolina. So, I mean, just, you know, it's it's, it's always about people. You know, people say, you know, where's the best place you lived? Where was the best place you coach? They, they've all been great. They really have because it's always about the people you're around. You surround yourself with good people. Then the rest of it is is going to be easy. Absolutely. That's I mean, that's good advice in itself. Every podcast I've done, I've I, people don't realize they're offering advice in every answer they give. I'm like, you just offered some good advice. You didn't really know. I, I was talking to some of my Carolina friends and I was like, you know, I've got a pretty cool guest coming up. Um, and one thing that they thought would be neat for a college coach to know, or to know of a college coach is one of your favorite things to do in all of the places you've been. And I know you've been a number of stops, but was there something special? Like, you know, you go back and you see your daughter at Carolina or you, when you go to Texas or when you go to Gainesville, is there something that you do every time or, um, something that you like in each of these stops? You know, one thing, I mean, it's kind of, you know, but I've been so many places that, that I love going back and seeing the houses that we lived in, Yeah, you know, and uh, I love, you know, for my kids, it's okay. You know, we had two born in Waco. We had one born in Colorado Springs. We had one born in Murfreesboro, Tennessee for them to be able to go back and see where they were born, you know, and uh, because, you know, they don't really have a home uh, of one place that they, mm -hmm. they went from kindergarten all the way through high school in. And so it's different, you know, uh, 
I mean, I can tell you stories of being in the hotel room on Christmas Eve, uh, you know, getting ready to play in a bowl game and, and people going, wow, you know, why are y'all here? You know, it's Christmas Eve. Shouldn't you be at home? You know, it's like, well, this is, this is what we do for Christmas. I mean, this yeah. is our life, you know, and, and our children don't know any different. They don't know anything about sitting in front of the fireplace and singing Christmas carols or whatever people do, you know, we're always in a, uh, you know, at a bowl site, we're always there having fun, you know? And so that's all they know. So yeah, our life's been very different, but it's been, uh, been really rewarding and a lot of fun. Any of your kids into sports or have they kind of channeled different areas of interest? Well, my, my son is a, is a sports agent. Uh, yeah, so he, he's, yeah. So he's an agent for, uh, for guys coming out of college, going into uh, the pros and uh, mm-hmm. all three daughters are, are, you know, they don't do any, they're, they're not doing anything with sports, but they're, you know, they love watching football. I mean, they're, they're watching football on Saturdays, uh, every Saturday, you know, they'll tell me about games. They know what's going on, you know, and uh, so they keep up with it. And I'm sure they know a lot. I mean, I, I, I didn't, my dad wasn't a college football coach. He probably thinks he could have been, um, and he's an attorney, but I mean, well, that's everybody how thinks they could be. I, right. <laughs> I know. I know he'll probably tell you he could have coached alongside you, but um you know, he sitting alongside him on the couch is how I learned every game and how I became uh, what I think was an enabled sports anchor was just sitting next to my dad and sure. listening to how he would describe the game and and teach me about it. And I'm sure having a, a dad who is a college football coach makes that tenfold, you know, because you taught them, I'm sure way more, more details about the game. So I'm sure they're very, very knowledgeable about college football. Well, they've been, uh, you know, I couldn't tell you how many games they've been to in their lives. So they've been, they've been going since they were born. So it's been, uh, but it's been, it's been a great experience. Well, so now that you won't be in a hotel this year for the holidays, what kind of plans are you looking forward to uh, just being with your family and, and not having to to travel or just be, you know, out of your house for this. Yeah, so it, it'll be nice, you know, because I, where I live in Waco, I'm about an hour and a half from my home, which was College Station, Texas. And and mm-hmm. so both my parents are still there. My three brothers and their families all live there. And so, you know, we'll we'll go there and, and uh, you know, as one huge family uh, get together for Christmas and spend some time together. So, again, that that's been uh, nice to be so close and to be able to see them, you know, for for 38 years, I was all over the country and, and, uh, you know, unless they came out there, uh, I didn't get to see them, you know, because I, I didn't have the time. And so it was, uh, it was always difficult, but now I'm able to spend a lot of time with my mom, my dad, uh, at this point in their lives. That's really important and special that you still have them. Yeah. Is there anything that anyone doesn't know about you that, that, um, you know, maybe we've been missing out on from the the Larry Fedora coaching era. Now that you're Larry Larry Fedora uh, citizen, I'm a uh, you know I'm a pretty you know people don't know that I'm a pretty easygoing guy. You know I'm uh, uh, I was pretty intense as a football coach, and when you're when you're in charge of 120 guys, you know that are 18 to 22 years old, you got a lot of things on your mind all the time. But uh, you know I've I've relaxed a lot. I've I, I enjoy the little things. I enjoy just. Uh, driving down the road and looking at the scenery, you know, and uh, just slowing down a little bit and uh, just realizing that, uh, you know, there's God's created some tremendous things out there. And, and uh, you know, each and every day we get a chance to see them. I, again, some more 
beautiful advice like to live by. I feel like every time I talk to someone, I'm like, dang, you're giving me goosebumps with all this. Like just stop and smell the roses is I think what I just heard. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> right. You know, and the, you, you know, there'll be a day when you're at this age and you'll realize all oh, that's pretty important. Well, Hey, I mean, even now I'm learning and having been away from my family so many times and holidays and just important events, you realize you can't get them back. And um, I think you're a great example of you can live the dream. And you and I were talking about this earlier, like you can do the things you love. And then at some point you, you realize you did that thing. And then you don't want to, like you said, have a heart attack on the sideline. You want to enjoy it. Found out Jordan is that, that there are a lot of people out there in this world that don't care about football. I mean, it's, I, I had no idea. I, They're I in my DMs, yeah. I, I had no idea there are people out there that have lives during football season. I mean, it's like, I, I didn't know that happened. You know, I, it, that was one of the biggest surprises to me of everything. I know. What do people do on Saturdays when they're not watching college football? You know what I'm learning too? Now that I'm in Chicago, we were talking about, I live in professional sports world and I'm, I'm such a college sports fan that I'm like, oh wait, people like, I, and I obviously grew up in, in a place with professional sports, but like people like professional sports and they don't really care about your college team here in Chicago. You're they right. don't care. You're right. They, don't, they have no plans on a Saturday. It's, I mean, that have to do with college. And um, I'm, I'm slowly learning that I'm a little bit offended by it, but I will, I'll become a Chicagoan soon. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. There, there are a lot of people out there that, um, you know, it's not, it's not for everyone, but there, there's something really cool about, about football. I think I was reignited by that watching like Tennessee beat Alabama and kick that field goal. And I was like, this sport, there's nothing like it. No, it's the, it's the greatest sport in the world. There's no doubt about it. And the, the lessons that young men learn from playing the sport and the sacrifices they make, you know, and uh, it just, you know, these are lifelong lessons that will make them, you know, who they are. And uh, so it's a, uh, it's, it's a great sport it really is. It really is. And um, yeah, I, ju- I just think it's, it's the coolest one in the world. And if, for those, if anyone's listening who doesn't like football, I'd encourage you to, to take part in it. Cause there's nothing like being a fan. I never got to play it. Um, but I, I, I sure love the game no matter what. And um, I always will. So I hope you get to enjoy it as a fan now coach, because um, it really is so special. You've been on the sideline for so long. And now I love that you're getting to enjoy it as a fan. It's been really cool for me to be a fan of so many things too. After having been on the sideline working, I love just getting to to watch the game and and see so many things I kind of miss too. Like, are you picking up on some things that that you you didn't get to to realize, like just the pomp and circumstance of it all? Uh I, you know, a lot of you you have no idea because you're you're such a yeah. you know. You know, as coaches, you're in this routine. You know, you fly to the place, you go to the stadium, you go back to the hotel. The next morning, you wake up, you do pregame meal, you go to the the, the stadium. You don't see anything that goes on, yeah. and it's amazing of what's what's going on in these towns and and uh, in the tailgating and and you know the 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 bands and you know the cheerleaders and all the things that go into it. It's just such a huge production, and I can see why people get so excited about it and they make it. You know, it's entertainment. It's they. There, it's not just a two. You know, three or four hour game to them. It's it's the four hours leading up to the game. It's the game. It's the four hours after the game. It's it's an entire day of uh, just fun for their families. 
Totally. It, it's just so cool. I like already getting excited for, for the weekend and um excited to go to a game. I'm jealous that you're, you're getting to go to one. I hope you guys have so much fun and I just hope you enjoy this, this stage of your life. I like, I know you already have um, cause it's, it seems like you're just in a really good place. And I, I, I think that's really cool that you've been able to find that. And I know your family probably enjoys it too. So um, I really appreciate you. I'm so glad we were able to get the scoop with you coach. Um, and uh, I just really appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Where can everyone find you? Well, I'm in uh, Waco, Texas. So uh, we're just uh, south of Waco and Woodway. And uh, if anybody's down this way, look us up and give us a holler. What about online? On social media, can they find you there too? Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I've got all that stuff. So yeah, it's I'm not hard to find if you want to find me. All right. Well, we'll look you up. Larry you, found you found me on Instagram. I found you on Instagram. That's how we got this connection, Coach. And I appreciate you. He um, opened up his DMs and and came on Scoop Du Jour. So we so appreciate it. And um, I'm really grateful. So thank you, Coach. You bet. Thank you. And uh, I've enjoyed it. And I hope you have a great, uh, great weekend. Thanks, coach. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.